I'm Kimmy. I'm an alcoholic, and um, and this is my story. Um, so it's it started. You know, I I was raised in a wonderful family, supportive parents, um, a twin brother, and everything was couldn't have been better. And um, I I met a um, an ex boyfriend um, who was very abusive, verbally and mentally, and was living with me. Um, when I was about 26 and, um, he'd never come home at night. Um, he'd show up when I was leaving for work and he was a big, um, drug dealer and pot smoker. And, um, and of course I smoked weed too. And, and I just drank to kind of get over it. Like I thought, Oh, you know, it's just a normal thing. It was in denial. And, um, and I kept drinking at night over and over and over again. And then that led to me drinking in the morning during work. Um, because I was working from home at the time. So I was just drunk 24 seven. And, um, I, I do hula, I dance hula. And in that class, um, just out of nowhere, I just dropped like a, a tree on the, the ground and, um, got a concussion and had, um, back-to-back seizures, woke up, didn't know what happened to me and, um, went, went to the hospital and the, the doctors asked my mom if she could step away for a moment and, and she did. And the doctor asked me if I had a problem with alcohol and it hit me right then. I was like, you know, I, I do, I do have a problem with alcohol. And uh, my mom came back and I told my mom teary eyes uh, that I was an alcoholic. And she told me, she said, don't worry. Um, we're going to work on this together, honey. And just very, very kind and sweet. So I um, went to rehab and I was there for 30 days at Duffy's and drank the day I got back. And um, and then the whole cycle went, went on again. And um, I had a second seizure. And then after that seizure, I, I went back to rehab again, um, at this time at Bayside Marin. And I was there for 60 days, uh, got home, drank again. And um, and then that, that last time, uh, well, it wasn't the last time. There's been many last times, um, but that time I I came back and I ended up um, being passed out in in my car, unconscious. Woke up in the hospital and um, the police had smashed the driver's side window to get me out of the car because I randomly just pulled over in a blackout and um, I guess tried to sleep it off, and I didn't get in trouble for it and. Uh, it was just a blessing. Like there's no, there's no way I could have gone out, gotten out of half the shit that I've been through in my life. And so I thought, well, you know, I, I got to go back to rehab. So the day before I was going back to rehab, I had my third seizure. Um, well, technically the fourth. Um, and, and I woke up same place. And then I, I was telling the doctors in the hospital, I said, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to go to rehab the day after. Is there any way you can get me out of the hospital um, so I can go to rehab? And they tried to do everything they could. And sure enough, I made it. I was back at Bayside Marin again for the second time. And I stayed there for 90 days. And I thought, okay, this is it. I know I'm cured. Um, but I wasn't working the steps. Um, I was not in the rooms. And I thought that I I had it together and I surely didn't. And then within about two weeks after me being out of that program, I drank again and got into the same situation and, um, and had my fourth seizure in my sleep. 
which is technically the fifth. And um, I woke up with blood all over the pillow. Um, my dad found me countless times in my apartment where I secluded myself there, isolated, drank to death, and um, tried to commit suicide, failed, and was taken to the hospital and um, wound myself back up in uh, rehab at um, Newbridge in Berkeley. And I stayed there for 28 days and um, thought, you know, I can magically do this on my own and I couldn't and uh, went through the same shit again, um, drinking, lost my apartment. Um, and then I had a good amount of sobriety time. And then after that amount of sobriety time, I drank again and I went to a sober living home. I had the most sobriety I'd ever had um, in the last eight years, which was 140 days. And I um, drank with my roommate in uh, the sober home, got kicked out, um, then got readmitted back in and um, and then drank again by myself um, and thought I could get away with it and certainly could not. So I got kicked out of the sober home, came back to my folks home and um, I live with them and I live with them currently, thank God. And um, and I drank again, uh, still didn't seem to get it. And I got a DUI and um, and after that DUI, I totaled my car and I thought, you know, it's about time that I really do something different. So what I did different was I, I went to AA, I got another sponsor, I went to in-person meetings and I went to at least three meetings every single day um, until I found an, a new job. And um, and that's that's where I'm at now. And I I realized that if I don't manage this disease or this illness or whatever you want to call it, I am going to die. And it's I'm a cat with many lives that has still been here today and I'm forever grateful for it. And the one thing that has kept me um, on this path is my higher power. I pray every day in the morning, I get on my knees and I pray at night, I get on my knees and pray in between times when I'm feeling like that thought comes in my head where I'm like, well, I'm about to get a new car. I could get a bottle. And, and it's like, no, you're going to pray about that and be able to rise above it and, and not get yourself into that shithole again. So um, each day I'm, I'm still working the program. I'm still going through the steps. And, um, you know, even though I have 53 days today, um, I, for in the last couple of years, I, I've had at least a year of sobriety. And that was one thing that a, a, a psychiatrist told me um, or a therapist told me was that count your days that you've had sober. Don't count the days that you've relapsed. And, um, and that really changed my perception of things because I used to be full of um, shame, full of guilt, feeling like shit, feeling like I'm never going to get out of this. Um, how, God, wh why, just many, many questions. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm doing it and I feel different. And I know I've said it before, like, this is it, this is it, this is it. But I, I truly believe that this is it because I believe in a power greater than myself. I don't just say that I, I believe, I truly believe in my soul that there has got to be something out there that is more spiritually powerful than anything on this planet 
that has kept me here and is keeping me sober now and has taken that um, obsession uh, about alcohol away from me. It's not completely away from me because I still get those thoughts every now and again. And, um, but I, I'm able to move forward and I'm able to um, like stop, pause and think about things before I act on them. And I'm just very, very grateful for the people that have been in these rooms, the love and support that goes on in AA. And I truly believe that AA is the only thing that is going to save my life um, with drinking and substance abuse. So um, I'm very, very grateful to be where I'm at and thankful I'm alive. And that's, that's in a nutshell, that's my story. So. Thank you, Laura. Uh, thanks everybody doing service at this meeting. Uh, thank you, Kimmy, for your share. Um, I'm Tony. I'm an alcoholic. It's good to be here tonight. Um, welcome to the newcomers. You're in the right fucking place, that's for sure. This is the last house on the block, dog. Um, and uh, thank you so much, Laura, for asking me to be a service tonight. Um, it's by doing service that we get out of self experience a glimpse of you know serenity because it's not about us it's about giving to the next man what was so freely given to us so i'll not keep it brief because i have to keep this party going for 40 minutes <laughs> and so i have a sobriety date it's january 6 1993 and uh if i don't drink right i know we don't do fronts up in this bitch but like if I don't drink by January, I'll, I'll have I'll be having a birthday of thirty fucking years, which is insane. That's totally bonkers to me. Like that's just bonkers to me. Um, I didn't think I'd live past eighteen, um, and here I'm forty-seven. I'm gonna be forty-seven. My dog's like, what? What? This is a miracle. I'm a miracle. Alcoholics Anonymous gave me a life I never knew I wanted, you know? Um, so what it was like, um, I grew up in a small town in California. Uh, I never really felt like I fit in anywhere. I felt alien, even in my own family. Um, I never like, I don't know. I, I remember being really young and feeling like, people were going left and I was going to go right, you know, or people like this. And I was like, I like that. And um, part of me just feels like I, I did that be, to be rebellious, to be combative. And, and later I learned through alcoholics, not was through working the 12 steps alcoholics that the core of my dis-ease, my disease of alcoholism is rebelliousness. Um, so anyway, before I was ever, before I even took a drink, I knew I was like, you know, not, not normal. Um, we, I remember like uh, before I even huffed gas, you know, balled up in a sock or like did airplane paint, you know, like model glue. Um, we would play this game in the front, like I'm talking like six, seven, eight years old, pressing on each other's chests, uh, like hyperventilating and then pressing on each other's chests against the garage door and passing out and doing this over and over and over again with all the neighborhood kids, you know? And um, when I found alcohol and weed, I was like, yo, this is just like that shit. 
this is this is but this is easier and this is better and um i drank like i drink i live to drink i love drinking i love being high i love not being in my body i love being checked out i love being able to put a microwave oven through somebody's fucking wall and not remember it love getting punched in the fucking face starting fights getting locked in people's sheds in the backyard not knowing why i was why six dudes were like stomping my guts out like what did i do what did i say who knows <laughs> Um, you know, being handcuffed to a fence and not knowing why I'm handcuffed to the fence. And then coming to the next day and somebody being like, you were puking. We didn't want you to choke on your puke. So we just handcuffed you to the fucking fence. And I was like, you know, I had like piss all over my pants. Um, and puke all down my front, you know, obviously. And, uh, so anyway, uh, you get the picture. You wake up in trees, you wake up in bushes. You no, know, where are my pants? Like, I mean, you know, I don't like drinking like this one, 12, 13, 14, 15. 16. Um, and so what happened was, um, and, and even I should, I should preface this by saying that like, uh, before I started drinking, I knew I, I, I had to put something in my body to make me feel like I fit in, uh, because I was diagnosed, uh, ADD as a child, as a very young child. And so my parents had me on Ritalin, Decepramine, Amipramine, Dexedrine. And what that taught me was, is that to fit in with everybody else, I had to put some in my body. So the, the added, the added fucking incentive for drinking was like, yo, this is just a part of fitting in. Right. And so like, I was able to like rationalize it and legitimize my behavior because, yo, I'm just doing this because all my friends are doing this. And, and um, this is what we do. We go and wreck shit and we get fucked up and wreck shit and wreck each other and end up in juvie and, you know, so, but, but I apparently like, my friends knew when to stop because I, I would end up in the psych ward. Um, I got real depressed and I tried to, uh, <laughs> you're welcome, Nick. I tried to, uh, <laughs> I tried to kill myself. I see. And this is only an alcoholics anonymous meeting. I, you know, the speaker says I tried to kill myself and then immediately starts laughing. And this has only happened in AA because we, we know how fucking insane and dramatic we can be, right? Our behavior is like so completely out there 